You feeling confused? Feeling bewildered? That's how those women were, weren't they? They were confused and bewildered. What is going on? What in the world is going on? Now, um, I don't know if you've been following the news. Recently, uh, there was this big container ship that got stuck in a canal called the Suez Canal. Um, do you know how big that container ship was? Very big is the answer. It was 220,000 tons of container ship. Now, I don't know if you understand how big that is, but do you know how much an African elephant weighs? Okay, it weighs six tons. And so it's about 36,667 know, African elephants worth of boat, heavy boat. You know, lots of boat. And uh, anyway, so it was, it was stuck in the Suez Canal. Now, the Suez Canal is a very important part of global trade. And every, every day it was stuck in the Suez Canal, it was costing, it was holding up $9.6 billion of global trade. It was a big problem. And so what they did is they thought about, they thought about this and they thought, well, how are we going to get it stuck? And so they got these things called tugboats. Has anyone seen a tugboat? Have you seen a tugboat? They're big. And these, they got the biggest, baddest tugboats they could find. And the biggest, baddest tugboats started to push and to pull. And they got these things called... Uh, cutter sucker dredges. Now, I'd never heard of a cutter sucker dredge, but cutter sucker dredges do sandy, dredgy things, and they got these things called excavators, and excavators were working on the shore, and they all came together, and they were all pushing and pulling and digging with all their might to try to move 36,667 African elephants worth of big boat. It, and they needed a lot of power, and they couldn't move it. And so what, hap what had to happen? Well, they needed more power. And then they went for the power of all powers. Well, almost all the power of all powers. We have a very big power called the moon. Now, how did the moon help? Well, the moon brought a very big tide. Yeah, so the sea level went, whoop, it went up. And the sea level and the sucker dredger cutter things and the tugboats, and they all worked together. And finally, the big container ship floated free. And what was interesting, you know, it was really interesting, around the world, there was something about this container ship which caught the world's imagination. And something about this story that people could relate to. Now, it's pretty interesting. I, I, don't, I didn't have much affection for container ships before this happened. And I didn't realize that as a globe, we were very into container ships, but there it is. And people started to make memes. Greg, do we have a meme? We've got a, do we have a meme? We've got a meme? Yeah. So, so this is my to-do, and this is some, one of my work colleagues sent me this. This is my to-do list, and this is my progress. And then there was another, another one, and this was my COVID depression and anxiety, and that was going on a walk. And uh, this is my, my to-do list, me writing my to-do list, and my procrastination, and then my workflow. Yeah, yeah, you're laughing because it's you. Is that right? We go, we go, yeah, that makes sense. And so somehow, um, as, as a people, there was something about this container ship that kind of captured our imagination. And we started to think, hey, that's kind of like my life. That, that container ship kind of reminds me of me. And I think as a planet, like we are at this point where we actually feel kind of stuck. There is so much that's going not as we'd hoped on our planet right now. You, talk about, you can talk about COVID, you can talk about the environmental crisis, you can talk about people's uncertainty about employment, 
And then you can just come home and you can talk about the, the rise in mental illness and just talk about pressure upon pressure that people are experiencing. And there's something where for, for us as a globe, we, we kind of feel like we're stuck. And it's like as people, we, we see the potential. Like we look at our kids, we look at these little, little lives and we go, oh my goodness, there is an amazing amount of potential in these little people. They are so beautiful. And they have so much energy and so much talent. We think, how could this? And we, and we see it in our music and we see it in our science and we think we're brilliant. And yet at the same time, as, our, as we just sense this brilliance, we also then come back to life and we realize that we're just arguing with each other. And we're kind of jealous. And we're kind of selfish. And we're not the people that we hoped we'd be. We're just not. And so there's this sense that like the big container ship, we're stuck. And it's a sense that like this big global village that we all live on, I would love today that there are so many people from so many different cultures, this global village that we live on, this global village has got so much potential and yet we're kind of stuck. And it's almost like as a global village, we're waiting for a big power to actually come and free us. So these women, you know these women? It's boring. Yeah, fair enough. I love that. I mean, there's no, you know, it's good feedback, right? Like, you go, you go to these websites, right? And they're like, what did you think of the website experience? And it's like, oh, gee, I don't really want to tell you. But I like that. It's like, it's boring. Can you just end the talk? I want my Easter eggs. Um, but there were, these, um, there were these two women, and they, were, um, they, had, they had walked with Jesus, right, for a long time. And the funny thing was, when they were walking with Jesus, the world, the, world was, the world around them was stuck, but it seemed like when they were Jesus, when they were with Jesus, people got unstuck. So there were people that were sick, really sick, and they were going to die, and then, and then they met Jesus, and they weren't sick anymore. And there were people that had these addictions and these demons they couldn't get free of. And then they met Jesus, and they were free. And there were people that didn't have any food. And when they met Jesus, Jesus gave them food. And there were people that were stuck on boats in these really big storms that they couldn't control. And then Jesus just stood up and spoke to the storm and it stilled. And so it was like the world in this place where it seemed like sadness and badness was ruling the world. It was like when you were around Jesus, it was goodness and love and healing that was in charge. There was something about Jesus that where the stuck things got unstuck. And... Um, and so lots of people, they started to follow Jesus because they were like, who doesn't want to be around goodness and love and healing? Wherever that is, we want to be there. And so they started to follow Jesus. And so Jesus kind of turned, he started to trend on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he became very, very popular. They really liked him. And lots of people started to follow him. And, um, but, there, but there were these other people who got jealous because they were like, why aren't people following me? And Jesus, Jesus just talked. He didn't talk to people about religion. He talked to people about freedom. He, he met prostitutes and thieves, people that society hated. And he just said, welcome. God loves you. And their lives were transformed. It's like, what do you mean God loves You can't just tell them God loves them. You, you've got to tell them they have to do something. He's like, Jesus said, no, no, no. It's kind of like a table. It's like, kind of like a meal. You just come in and have a meal. That's what God's love is like. No, no, but there's got to be some sort. No, it's just like that. Well, how are you going to control them, Jesus? Is like, I'm not interested in control. 
I'm here to free them with the love of God. And so some people got very upset at Jesus, and then they, and then they hatched a plan, and guess what they did? They stuck him on a cross. They crucified him. This man who preached peace and love and the, and the joyful freedom and rule of God, they crucified him because they were jealous, plain jealous. And the thing about when they crucified him was that when Jesus, for these women, and you saw it, when Jesus was around, it was like the world, the stuck world was going to become unstuck. But then when Jesus was crucified, it's like all those hopes died with him. And it seemed like the badness and the sadness of the world actually won the day. That's what it seemed like. And it seemed like the world wasn't going to get unstuck. And people have been wondering when Jesus was walking around, they, they, they had, like in all this, in all this, in all this, there was this one question that hovered in the air like a helicopter. It was, who is Jesus? So, yeah, so, so God, Messiah, people said that. And other people said, he's a crazy man. And other people said, he's just a teacher. And other people said, well, I think he's kind of a prophet. And then other people said, I think he's a shaman. I think he's kind of just a con man. I think he's just, I think he's just having people on. And all these questions, they kind of rumbled around. And everyone just kind of wanted to know, who is Jesus? But no one could kind of figure it out. And then when Jesus died, everyone just kind of put their questions away. It was, there you go. He was just another guy. Sure, he said some wise stuff and maybe he had some party tricks, but he was just another guy. And they, and they thought, he's dead, let's just put him in the dustbin of history. He's just another guy. And that was kind of, kind of how they spent Friday, he's just another guy. And then they spent Saturday just thinking, he's just another guy. And then these two women, then these two women, they, they got their spices, that's, that's what you got, right? They got their spices and they went on a walk to a tomb. Because they were ready just to bury him. They loved him, but he was just another guy. And then they met this angel and an empty tomb. And they dropped their spice. That's it. Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? Because he's... Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean the tomb's empty? I mean, when was the last time you were at a funeral, right? You've been to a funeral, and then two days later you go back to the you go back to the grave and you turn up and the grave's been undug and the coffin's empty. I mean, how do you think you'd feel? Smokes! What is going on? What is going on? What is going on? And then they then and you don't know the but I'll tell you what happened with this story. It went on. And they 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 go walking down the garden path a little bit, and then they bump into Jesus. Not just an empty tomb, they bump into him, but they don't recognize him the first. When they, they, they look at him because he's, he's different. He's got a different body. It's him, but he's different. And, 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 and they see him a bunch of times, and Jesus can now walk through walls. So it's like, is, yeah, exactly, that's totally the question. Good question asking. What is going on? So, so he, can, he can walk through walls, but it's not like he's a ghost because he can eat fish too. And he's still got his scars. And it's like, what's... And, and he goes, oh, no, he was, he was resuscitated. No, he wasn't resuscitated. He was in the tomb at least 36 hours. He wasn't resuscitated. It's like when you come back to life, you're like, boo, boo, boo. It's a resurrection. But it was a resurrection, and no one had seen this new body. No one... It was like it was own, his own body was a new body. And so this changed everything. 
And maybe like you, maybe like you, you're wondering, what does that all mean? And they wondered that too. And it took them a while because they sat together and they, they, they tried to think about what Jesus said and what he'd, what he'd done. And they, came to, and they thought, well, he's not a, he's not a liar because what he said came true. And he's not a crazy guy. I mean, he's just not. No one would say those things or do those things if you were nuts. And they had only one, one conclusion left. And they were like, he must be who he said he was. And guess what he said? Guess, guess who Jesus said he was? He said he was God come close to people. As impossible as that sounded, that's what Jesus said about himself. He said, I'm God, come as man to you. And he had this name. He, he, he had a name called Emmanuel, and it means God with us. That was one of Jesus' names. It's like, God, come close to us. What are you doing? Talking to prostitutes and drunk people, Jesus. What's God doing there? Don't you not like prostitutes and drunk people? No, no, I love them. That's what Jesus said, and I'm here for them. So, now, friends, this changed everything. And I want to read you this. For these people, right, faith came and fear and confusion went. Because nothing frees us to truly live lives of love like the hope of resurrection. And I want to read you something that, that a guy called Tim Keller says. Okay, why is it so hard to do the right thing if you know it's going to cost your money reputation, maybe even your life. Why is that so hard? And why is it so hard to face your own death or the death of loved ones? It's so hard because we think this broken world, this stuck world, is the only world we're ever going to have. That's why it's so hard. That's why we, we fear death so much, and that's why we grasp and grasp at our lives, trying to get ahead, because we think this is all we have. But, he, but Tim Keller goes on to say, but if Jesus is risen, then your future is so much more beautiful and so much more certain than that. So resurrection frees us from the fear of death. Death was not the end. For followers of Jesus, there is another life to come. And not only that, Jesus didn't just tell them, oh yeah, by the way, when you die, you'll have another life. He said, I'm coming back and I'm going to set this whole creation new. In the same way that Jesus had this new body, this resurrected body, he said, I'm going to do that with the whole creation. Well, that's a different environmental policy, isn't it? It's all going to be made new. Imagine you, imagine you knew that. These, these first followers of Jesus believed that. And they were filled with this incredible joy. And so they, so, so, and you know how why we get Easter eggs? Like, you know, because it's like the new life is hatched. That's what they're talking about. That's the hope. New life is hatched. And so followers of Jesus didn't do funerals like, like people did funerals. They didn't all just turn up and, and weep and weep and weep and weep. They wept because they missed their friends, but they celebrated too because they knew they were going to see their friends again. That's what followers of Jesus started to do. So they did funerals different. Now, resurrection from hope of resurrection also frees us from FOMO. Does anyone know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. It's a big thing in our culture. We spend a lot of our energy trying to make sure we don't miss out on anything, right? It's like, I'm going to get my kids to do 17 activities because that 17th might be the one that brings the breakthrough. Like, we, we just, we run around like crazy chickens. I've got chickens. Chickens are crazy. Like, we run around because we have to make everything. Everything needs to work for our lives. And we don't want to miss out on anything. And if, and, and, and if you only know, if you only believe that this is where your life is and this is where your life stops, then I can understand that. But when you have this resurrection hope that you have a life to come, you can relax. You don't need to live in anxiety. You can live in peace. 
You don't need to frantically run around. You can rest. Isn't that good? And it was funny, you know, when they, they had plagues, not, not just today, we, we had plagues in history. Do you know these Christians, historians, these are not Christian historians. Historians looked at these Christians. What the Christians did is they stayed with the dying people. When these infectious diseases came into these towns and everyone was dying and everyone just fled, put on your face mask and run. The Christians stayed and just loved these dying people. And you want to know why? Because they knew this was not the end. They knew for followers of Jesus there was a life to come. And so they gave their lives away so freely. That's what resurrection hope gives us. It gives us the ability to not grasp for our lives, but give them away. It allows us to live the most beautiful lives of love. So this freedom and this hope is available to us this morning. If you don't, if you don't carry that hope, if you don't carry that peace about where you're going to do a life after death, if you don't carry that peace about God's love and his care for you now and in the future, you might be asking, well, how do I experience this? Well, here's, here's a tip. You know how these women, they went on a journey, right? These women started thinking, oh, well, we love this guy, but he's dead, so he's just like an ordinary man. But then, they're right, then who they thought Jesus was changed. You need to kind of let your idea of who Jesus is change. You need to let the resurrection do work in your heart on the, on the idea of Jesus and understand that he's not, just, he's not just an ordinary guy. He's actually God come, God come to rescue us. So you let, so you let that work happen in you. And, and you might think, well, that's too fast. That's too fast. I can't think that. I can't accept that right now. I get that. Neither could they. It took them time to process it all. It took them time to adjust. So don't feel like you need to be in a hurry. But I would say this. There's a place in the Bible which, which talks about what it feels like for God to come into your life. And it talks about Jesus coming to the door of your heart and knocking. It's like we all have a door in our hearts. And Jesus comes and knocks. And he says, I want to come in and have a meal with you. I want to come and sit and talk with you. And maybe as I've been talking, maybe some, something that we've been doing this morning, there's, there's in your heart that it begins to kind of grow a kind of sense of hope and a kind of, oh, could this, could this be true? And that's the Spirit of God working in your heart. And so what you do is you kind of welcome that and you go, oh, okay, Jesus, if that's you, I'm not sure if it's you, but if it is you, then I want you to come in. And the way you start that is Jesus doesn't want religious conversation with you. He wants real conversation with you. And so all you do is, in your heart, you just start telling him about your, about your troubles. You start telling him about your pain. And you ask him in and say, can you bring the resurrection life into those areas in my life that are dead, where I'm stuck? Can you please come in there? And then Jesus says, I would love to. That's why I'm here. And he comes in. And that's how you start a relationship with Jesus. It's that simple. And that's the invitation this morning. So let's pray. Sounds good? So you're welcome to close your eyes if you want to pray. It helps focus sometimes. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are risen, that you're not dead, and you're not just some ordinary guy or some, some historical figure that was just, just irrelevant, but actually you're the Lord of the dead, but you're the Lord of the living, and, um, and you're Lord of all this creation. 
And God, we, each of us here this morning, God, we all come carrying spices, carrying stuff in our lives that's just dead. Stuff where we've given up, God. Stuff where we're more stuck than that container ship. Stuff where we need help, God. That We need a power that we don't have. And God, I pray that you'd help us to welcome you this morning. To be that power, to bring your resurrection love and power into those places in our hearts where we're stuck. And to bring new life this morning, God. We thank you for loving us so dearly, creator God. Amen.